Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. You have some, you have history with God and you've been on the mountaintop and you've been in the valley and you're like, how do both of those, I mean, I just remember you talking about some time in Midland and you're like, this is terrible. Like, and I'm like, just, just ride the wave. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to come out of the season and, um, but they're never fun. Like seasons like that are never, ever, ever fun, but they produce really good fruit in you. But not having that, um, like a parents, like I can, I can call my parents up. They can, what yeah. are they going to tell me? You know, I, I didn't know where to turn. And, you know, I have you as a peer. I have friends that are good friends, but they aren't 30 years older than me. They can't tell me like there will be actual years of your life that will feel like this. You know, even if you would have told me, I'd been like, I don't know. You've never floated in them with me. I mean, I could write it off because it just felt so real and so crippling and so scary. And the pain, I'll never forget. I, Corey Russell saw this one time and I never forgot it. And he said, some of you guys make your own theologies out of pain. Wow. You will write your own theology out of the pain you feel. Whoa. And it's, is it not true for all of us? Yeah. The study of God, the way we see the Lord, it's just like, it's the way we feel the world and pain and Mm -hmm. if we're in pain then he must be a cruel god type of situation you know even though we know that now i can say that's not true but then it seems real dang that's really good i know i know we've mentioned on it for some time yeah even just thinking about our like time at dinner talking about the stories that we make up like how many times do we make that up out of pain or you know a past experience and then we oh we say that's god we say that's god well i mean this is this is every atheist argument right if god was really wouldn't have hard stuff like the only way in their mind for them to reason and logic out this bad stuff happening is a cruel god mm-hmm. but again if you haven't experienced grace or love of god if you haven't fully really experienced it i can see why you think that I empathize really well with no believers. You know, my dad is, my dad's one of them, and he's one of the most ethical, kindest men I've ever met. I mean, but he's not a believer, and it's hard for him to understand, right? He's never really truly experienced the love of God, so logically, it doesn't make sense to him. And I don't know, can you blame him? Like, logically, I don't think you can think yourself into faith. It doesn't work like that. I mean, it's his pursuit. It's his love, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> okay. Um, so you've gone through, you know, your first years as a believer and like what it looks like to be obedient and surrendered and have a relationship with God, like in lots of different seasons. Um, what is unique about this season that you feel like um, choosing obedience, not based off of your feelings. I have the notes here in the journal. All right. Well, talk to us. Three bullet points. Give it to us. One of them. Okay. And I'm sure you can resonate with this. You will read a scripture verse a hundred times. And then years later, it makes sense to you. Like, like I've read this already, but all of a sudden I see it in a totally different light. 
Oh my gosh, that's what I love. I'm a, such a book nerd and is living and breathing and uh I don't know any, there's no other living book this book lives it tells me different things every time I, I just I love it I I'm I love I love the Bible but Hebrews 12 7 it says um endure hardship is discipline because God's treating you as a son what father doesn't discipline their son if you haven't been disciplined you're not a son that's what it says and I read it a hundred times. I wanted, I wanted to believe it and I wanted to understand it. But now on the other side of the hardship of the discipline, I get it. And it took some time healing a lot of fasting mm -hmm. and prayer, honestly, after the fact. But I just, I remember this time during COVID, I spent a lot of time with the Lord. Everyone spent a lot of time inside. <laughs> I've asked the Lord a handful of times, just Midland, can we talk about it? Where were you? You know, it would be like if you haven't seen your spouse for two years. I'm, I'm not married, but I can't imagine not talking for two years yeah and being like hey yeah. that two years where, where what were you doing you know I just had questions and so I felt like he said I was actually reading in John about the good shepherd and I felt like just in accordance with this Hebrews verse he said I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me if I did not allow those things I would not be a good shepherd and it's just, it's one of those things, it's kind of like when someone gives you life advice that changes you forever, like that <laughs> Corey Russell quote, like, I've never forgotten, like, he did that because he loved me, not because he turned his back on me. And you can say it, but to really feel that in your heart will actually transform your life. It yeah. will change the way you behave, the way that you face uh, opposition, the way you face challenges, you'll take them as, my father loves me, I want to climb this mountain, not, I'm terrified of this mountain and I'm abandoned very different thought processes and they, they will you they'll manifest different behaviors i mean you'll act differently and you'll you will feel very differently too like you, your emotions will change and so part of me really loves the idea of the challenges the lord has for me at this point but mm -hmm. i remember being in such a place of pain please god no more problems please i can't take another i can't bear this without you you're mm -hmm. gone and i don't know who you are but man like to know that he is interceding for me. Jesus is interceding for me through these things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about. Another uh, word I got actually by a handful of different people around the time of Midland. Again, it didn't resonate with the time. But Luke 22, 31 says, it's Jesus talking to Peter. He says, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you turned again, strengthen your brothers. And I heard that, and I'm like, okay, cool. So Satan is sifting me like, wait, yeah, I feel that. Like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, I, I kept saying, like, I've gotten this word multiple. I don't want, and this specific verse, many people came to me and said, I have a verse for you. It was this verse. And I'm like, I am not, this is not clicking. And this does, it's not encouraging. Oh, no. And also, <laughs> two two years of God doesn't speak. I'm like, these are just random coincidences. I've now written all of my mm -hmm. God moments off as coincidences. So it doesn't matter that they're coming to me with this verse. But now that I'm back in the space of like, looking back on it um there's a book called hind speed on high places and if our friend Lydia's listening she'll be like years ago <laughs> but i'll actually a handful of people recommended it and at the end of the story she's in the high this this girl who had crippled legs goes she her legs get healed over this whole journey with jesus and walking with him now it heals her crippling to she can go to high places now because mm -hmm. jesus heals her and brings her to the place he goes and so she's in the high place with him and she looks down on the valleys. She can actually, I, I envision her sitting on a mountain looking down. And I feel like myself, like looking back at this, 
thing to manage it, to have you that you might sit through this week. And then what starts clicking to me is I pray for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus didn't pray for me that the sifting would stop. I'm like, that seems cruel. Dang. That's that's not the point. I pray that your faith may not fail. I was looking at the wrong part of the verse. Here I am looking at the problem. I'm being sifted as we, I'm not looking at the piece of the savior of the universe is interceding for me. And this is the, this is again, that concept of like, if you think God's cruel, you're going to see the sifting part. You're not going to see the intercession part. And wow, he's saying, that's really good. I have prayed that your faith may not fail. He's praying that we're actually being refined though. He knows Satan is doing things. He knows. And he's not, he's not casting him off just like God in, in Job. Right. He told Satan, you can have, you can't kill him, but you can do whatever you want. And I think as Christians, we hate to believe that it was the pleasure of God to crush his son. We hate to believe that God takes pleasure in the crushing, but I'm sorry, you're not reading your, your Bible. Scripture says in Isaiah, it was his pleasure to crush Jesus, his own son. That's very difficult to read, Yeah. but it's because he sees the fruit. God knows that people are going to return to him through this, right? Like, yeah. And so I think this piece is such a paradigm shift for me of like, yeah, he sit, he knows about the sifting, but he's interceding because he sees the end game. And I think that it just brings this like, this a comfort, like the sigh of relief of like, he knows the end of the season. He still chooses this for me. That sucks. Like, I hate that he's choosing this for me, but I trust him enough to know the fruit is good. You know, I was, I had chronic illness for quite some time. And I could not see past a chronic illness. But I look back now. I'll tell you one thing. Chronic illness makes you, your life changes all the time. What you can and can't eat. What treatments you need. What supplements you need. You have to, different doctors. All, all it is is uncertainty. I'll tell you one thing. When COVID hit, it didn't scare me at all. I've navigated uncertainty for two and a half years for chronic <laughs> illness, dude. Okay, new doctor. I have to wear a mask every day. Not news. I had m- cancer scares. Like, Okay, I already had to change my life drastically multiple times. This isn't scary to me anymore. And I'm not saying God gave me sickness, absolutely not. But I am saying, like, what a blessing that I am not part of the high percentage of the nation that's terrified from changing their life, from having to shift. I've already done that. I did that for two years. I I shifted from hearing the voice of God to not. Like, I've done some of this now. And the things that I was fearful of before, those have been sifted out of me. The same thought he was crushing me, but really he was like crushing the fear out. He thinks he's doing something and God's that God's turning it for good every time, you know. And so every time. Yeah. So those are those are some of my my bullet points, you know. I I just I'm just in a different spot. Um and I'm not I'm never I'm not gonna arrive, but I'm not scared, you know. I can probably say the one woman or whoever laughs at the fear of the future, you know, <laughs> whoever that is. Yeah. I can be that girl now because I'm just like, I'm not afraid of it. You know, I, I, his character is what I learned through all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think one, one piece that like I've realized, um, through all this is like, man, I love miracles. I love it when you pray for something and happens the next day. I mean, more than anything, I like, I'm like, Oh, a leaf fell off the tree your season's changing. Like I like to see God in everything. Like <laughs> I love it. But I think looking at my testimony, looking at the hearts of people, looking at what I've experienced the past few years, there's no bigger miracle than someone changing their mind about eternity. I cannot get people to change their bad eating habits. 
I can give him all the facts in the world. And until you're pursued by love, like, it won't matter. You're going to keep eating that food if you hate yourself inside. Like, you're not going to want to exercise if you don't care about yourself. You don't want to read the book if you're not really interested in knowing what else is in the world. You're not going to travel if you don't want to explore. Like, if your heart isn't open to these things, the things that you won't do kind of shows, like, who you are. And I think, like, just watching people's heart change, again, like, it's bigger miracle than, like, seeing immediate healing or whatever yeah. it is. Because Amen. it it changes generations. It changes yeah. hundreds of thousands of others, you know. And so yeah. I think, like, my definition of miracles through all of this has changed. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I want to get prophesied over. I want to see demons. I want to see them flee. I want to see that. But more than that, like, I want to see hearts transform. Like, I want to see someone change their mind about God. Like, and I think that's probably, put it full circle, like, to give you <laughs> just, like, the, the bow at the end of the present is, like, man, as a girl who's, like, a miracle chaser, like, I still am, but it looks so different now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say now. Like, they're just all so good, and I just feel like, it just feels so ap- applicable to any time that you're changing a season, like any time that you're, you've experienced God one way and now you're not, you know, like, like for me, like moving home from Reading where it was like Miracle City and we're oh, yeah. like worshiping God four days a week at school and two days a week weekend at church and God is breaking out everywhere and then you leave the bubble and you come to normal life and you're like okay like are you the same in the ordinary that you are in the really big and glamorous and I'm learning that he is and he's the same he speaks the same he speaks with his same with him being the same but his ways of communication are so different. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm just reminded of like Moses and the burning bush and then God and the wind, you know, mm-hmm. they're just like so different experiences. And he just likes to mix it up just so that I think that you stay close to him. But sometimes it's really hard. And I think that you really just articulated like this hard stuff that we don't, want to like look at in the bible you know like yeah god like let's talk about Job. like why did you hand him over and all this stuff like i don't i love that about you you just don't shy away from the the stuff in the bible that no one wants to talk about or look at or like hey god can you like fix the hard stuff in my life and i just feel like this might hopefully this gives permission to people to feel like living a life with God does not mean everything is going to be perfect or easy. Like your parents still aren't saved. You're still like dealing with that heartbreak and praying for them. And I just know that there are people who are listening to this and realizing, Oh my gosh, like I felt like I was the only one, or Mm. I felt like your part of the story is just going to minister to somebody. And I'm really praying that people find freedom to because I feel like a part of us wants to just not look like if I just like don't look at the like 
unknown part of God, it, like, it can't be real. Like, the part that he will oh, yeah. sift you, or that he'll discipline you, or that he'll but this let is, you walk through a hard thing. This is the same thing. We don't want to talk about hell. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and this is something I've realized, like, a half gospel will get you half saved. Sure. You, I mean, you'll be in heaven, but man, your experience on earth is not going to be as rich. Because you don't know what you're being saved from. Mm-hmm. You do not. And I think that's just purposeful on God. I had that dream about Judgment Day because the fear of God is something I feel like, like you said, the reverence that, that marks my life. I, I cannot do the flowery Christianity. He is joy. He is peace. But man, he is wrath. That's part of him. Jesus took that on the cross, but that is part of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's kind of like how sad would it be if you married somebody and you're like, oh, you're getting mad right now? Okay, um, I'm going to step in the other room. I will never talk to you about this. We'll pretend it's not there. What kind of spouse are you? Do you really love this person or are you just going to love the pieces you like? That's not how love works. It does not work like that. And I think to feel fully loved, you have to fully love him too, mm-hmm. you know? And it it's hard. And, we, and I think in America, we don't even know what that looks like anymore. Love is just such a word. It's not even a thing anymore. Because we have stretched it to mean so many different things. But like what God shows is love is not one-sided. It's not, it's not, I'm gonna let you do what you want. Mm-hmm. A parent would that's not love for a child. You do not let your you do not let your child run across the street because they want to. You tell them no and you smack their hand. Like yeah. and, you know, like because yeah. you really love them, not because you don't, you know. And I yeah. I think we've just lost that. I think there's so many of us who've lost that or scared. Mm-hmm. I think at one point God was a scary fire and brimstone and everyone's going to hell God that was preaching the pulpit and now our pendulum swung the other way we're so scared of that that we're hyper grace and we don't he wants he wants all good things and never wants hard stuff for us and that's also not true mm-hmm. just as equally as untrue as the other one I just as someone who's not we're moving out of extremes now I'm moving from the false dichotomies and I'm trying to find that middle ground I have to know that he's he's attention to both he's not like the one or the other mm-hmm. yeah in so many different areas so many yeah um how do you obey god whenever you don't feel like it this is you're asking specifically what i've learned this week <laughs> so me and um me and my roommate um i mean our friends that listen to sam um we've been talking about this a ton you know i'm buying a house and she's moving to dallas and both of us believe that was the Lord's heart until it got put in front of us. And all of a sudden, we don't want to anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I'm committing to a 25-year contract. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm doing in six months. Like, no. I, all of a sudden, like, oh, my gosh. House, fun, friends, <laughs> sleepovers. And by the way, my house that obviously you know, because you've been in the whole process with me, has a pool. So I'm like, mm, pool parties, <laughs> like charcuterie boards. I can't wait. And now we don't have to worry about a landlord because it's me. I'm a landlord. And then there's this like other piece of like, we walk into the house and I'm like, um, I'm sorry, I have to do in, I have to work on insulation as a little electrician. Like what? We think this, we have these pictures in our head of what we want or what we think it's going to be. Yeah. And then the Lord's like, okay, let's go do it now. And you're like, oh, oh no, I don't want to do that. He's like, no, you, you actually asked for this. Is Isn't exactly that crazy that you even said yes to, you said yes to the process without knowing all the nuts and bolts and. But that's following Jesus. But yeah, that's obedience. That's, that's the beginning, right? I told the Lord, I will follow you. I don't care who you are. 
I'm going to do it. And I explained this to a non-believer friend once, and she's actually a believer now. And like day two of being a believer, she was like, I don't understand what I've done. I'm like, here's what you did. You got in a car. You knew it was the right thing to do because you knew it was going the direction that you want your life to go. You knew that it was what you must do to live. But the driver didn't tell you where they're going. And they'll, they'll, they'll let you see out the window sometimes. But like, for the most part, it's a really stormy day and you just don't, you never really know. And you're not driving. You're not driving. No, <laughs> you're just the passenger. You just sit in the car and everything in you wants you to get out because that person loves you. The driver locks the car, basically locks the door permanently. That's covenant. Mm-hmm. And so I just told him like, I'm like, look, all you have to do is stop banging on the door and get out. Cause you're not getting out. You're in covenant now. Like the Lord has chosen you. You don't have a way out and you need to sit along for the ride. And you better hope that there's some pit stops where he says, hey, we're going to go this way. Or, hey, I, sometimes the driver tells you turning left. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. You just turn left and you are not ready. Think about when you're in a car, you turn left all of a sudden, like, yeah. you know, the person driving doesn't know where they're going. Like, oh, crap, we're going to left. Your whole body jolts. Mm-hmm. You're still in the car. You're still going the same direction. You do a not bit. like the way it feels, though. We do not like it. Yeah. Right. But we, we agreed to it. We, we're in the car. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of feel like that's what like the Lord that's what it's like the Lord. It's like, man, like and sometimes you're like, can I drive? He's like, no. Or I actually think that sometimes the Lord gives you the wheel. He's like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. And then you end up in a ditch. You're like, crap, I don't want to be in. You know, like we do this a lot with the Lord, but I did. I committed to finding a house, having no idea. I think the big piece for me, and I not to unpack it all today, was like big piece for me was I agreed to it, knowing subconsciously not not subconsciously but subconsciously agreeing to buying a house without a husband and that was not part of Hannah's original plan Mm. I didn't think about it I just said yes and then as I'm going to look for these houses I'm starting to realize oh I want to talk to somebody about this I want someone to make a decision with me it's not there the person's not there I'm not married yet you know I have you and your mom as realtors and y'all have been amazing but you're not the one signing the contract it's me by myself Mm. and I think with the Lord, that was a tough spot for me because I actually didn't want to do this. I didn't, I, I wanted the spouse first. I wanted a husband. I wanted to buy our first home together. I wanted to do these things. And I actually agreed to, to not do that by following him, by, by saying yes to the buying house process at this time, you know? And so as I realized, that's what I said yes to, I'm starting to try to open up the car door. I'm like, get me out. I don't want this. I just realized what I've said yes to. And the Lord's like, hey you've already died to that like you didn't realize it but that dream's actually dead now like your first house with your husband I signed a contract like I I'm not, I'm out of auction stage like I'm done and I think that piece of things dying and realizing they're dying is a tough spot I think it's a really hard place but if I've learned nothing else like I just said over the last few seasons is the fruit at the end I know there's something from this. I don't know what it is, but I'm so confident. And you know, there are days that like, I actually am like, no, this is the wrong decision. This house is wrong. I want this one or this one, or, you know, you and I looked at probably 50 houses. I, I think about this other one's like, oh, I could have done that. I could have done that. And I want to, I want to pull out, but with this house, I have felt the Lord's hand on it. And I'm like, today, I feel like I'm making the wrong decision, but I'm convicted by what Lord's already said. So just a bit of my stories, I went into option, option stage with the house and I got COVID. So I went to quarantine. So no one knew, you knew, cause you're my realtor, 
no one knew if it's auction period. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I'm like not talking to people. I'm quarantined. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have this house in auction. A friend reached out to me. Who knows? I'm looking. She doesn't know anything else. And she has a dream. And she says, Hannah, I had a dream that you found a house off Kirkwood South in the Bayou. And it's the exact location of my house. And I, I felt like, okay, God, I have all my doubt. This is one of those bizarre miracles that remember we thought didn't exist, but here we go again. We're mm-hmm. back in 2017 time. Yeah. And God's starting to manifest again and say, Hey, no, you can trust this. That was the confirmation. I already felt like it was the Lord, and then that was what I needed. And it's funny because in the moment I had actually had so much confirmation from other things in that point and felt so confident in my spirit about this house in particular. So I was like, well, this is a dream. What do I need this dream for? Like I already felt good. I wonder why God's doing that. In in the days to come, I would have more doubt as the option mm-hmm. period started to get closer to closing. And actually, I'm out of the option period now. There's pieces of me that wonder, like, is there still a way for me to back out? And I, because of that dream, I say, I have too many signs. There's too much of the Lord pushing me this direction, even though my emotions are in me are screaming. Yeah. Sam is the same way with Dallas, man. She told me in November, she said, Hannah, the Lord's going to move me in February. She got a job offer for, for more money than she's ever made. And she's like, I don't know if it's the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's like, how on earth? I, as her friend, I can see it. And as my friend, she can see you in the house. But we can't see it for ourselves. And it is because we get wrapped up in our in feelings. Our emotions. Oh my gosh. My feelings are like, Hannah, there could be 50 other houses outside of there. And like, honestly, we talked about this, you know, the house is kind of ugly on the outside. Like it needs a paint job. It just needs a paint job. It, it needs some stuff. And I like pull up and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I not supposed to be jumping for, should my emotion in this moment be extreme joy? Shouldn't it? Right. It's not. So I must be doing something wrong. That is, that is the exact thought process I have. And because of that thought process, I've tried, I've in my head, picture myself pulling out. Yet I go back to the original conviction. Same with Sam. She's like, she was really excited about the job at first. And then the days come, she's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not excited anymore. This must mean the Lord is, is not on it. No, 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 no. We know that Abraham didn't think he was having a kid. We know that because he had a kid with Hagar. Yeah. Right? It didn't change what ended up happening in the end. It did not change that he continued walking forward, even though he knew that was a mess up. Nope. Nope. We know he didn't feel good about it because he asked the Lord a hundred times and Sarah laughed. Mm-hmm. Like we have, yet we see in Hebrews, we see in James, Abraham, Abraham was praised by his faith and his righteousness. We see that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, Actually, one bullet point I didn't read was that in James, um, we talk, it, they talk about looking in the mirror. Um, actually, I think I wrote about the scripture. I know I wrote a scripture, but I don't have my Bible in my journal. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cross reference something. I might have brought the scripture in my journal. Here we go. Um, looking, okay. So looking in a mirror and forgetting who you are. So in James 1, 24 and 25, I don't know. Oh, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. And that's for the mirror. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, perseveres. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts will be blessed in his doing. And I've always thought, this is like a guy who reads the Bible and turns around and doesn't do anything. It's like looking in the mirror forgetting who you are. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, why is James talking about someone like that? why is he describing people who have like short-term memory? Like if you really think about it, it kind of doesn't, it's not linear. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But I, I felt like I had this revelation of just like, if, okay. 
the mirror is kind of looking at yourself. It's kind of looking at, it says, it's like looking at something goes away and forgets what it looks like. Because we're looking at our flaws, the person who we really aren't. We're looking at this reflection of ourselves. But if we look, if we look at the perfect law, the law of liberty, right? That's grace. And we say, oh, I've been redeemed. This is what God has said. And they persevere. And they become a doer. We see that because they've chosen to look at grace, they are empowered to do the action. Whereas if you're just looking at yourself and your own power, the mirror, mm -hmm. it's not giving you anything. Hannah on her own was not going to buy that house. But Hannah, who knows that God provides... We'll, we'll buy it. Hannah, who knows that if she makes a mistake, grace covers me and empowers me to do something great, knows that I can. I actually know that if this is the wrong decision, right? All the doubts tell me that. I'm looking in the perfect law that says I'm covered sufficiently, that God's grace is sufficient for me. Oh, I can do this. And by doing, we're activating our faith. It even says, we know that Abraham had faith because of his works. What were his works? What, what actual work did he do? Was he having sex with Sarah all the time? Like, what was his work? Yeah. Nothing. He didn't do, all he did was believe. Hmm. It says that he believed God and it was counted him as righteousness. The work is believing. It's not actual works. It's believing. And so if I actually believe who God is and what he does, then I can be a doer. You're going to shy away from a lot of things in your life if you don't believe God is who he says he is. Especially if you're called to ministry or something supernatural or something above your own means. If you're or at, if you're just trying to buy a house <laughs> or if you're just trying to find a spouse to marry, like it can be small things too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you look at yourself, you're going to be so discouraged. Yeah. Totally. Because you're looking at flesh. You're looking at a, yeah. an average human. You look into the law of liberty. It is so empowering. Wow. He chose me. Wow. He loves me. He provides for me. Like Psalm 91, he's my shield. He's my fortress. All of a sudden, I'm like, I can buy a mansion in that fortress. Like, that's going to cover me. Like, I mean, it's, again, we don't need to be yeah. crazy, but we look into truth, right? And we look into yes. to who he is. And it says, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. I realized actually this week, I told Sam, you know what? I said I followed Jesus, but what did that really mean? Until I actually started going to the group, until I actually started reading my Bible, I said it, but I, my, I didn't have faith until I started doing anything. Mm. You know, like I said that, like I that I would move to Midland, but where was my faith until I was actually there? Your, your faith doesn't. We always think like, oh, I have faith, so that means I want to do everything God calls me to. That that's actually the opposite of faith. That's easy. That makes the decision easy. There's no faith in that. The faith is actually doing it. And then you'll realize, wow, God is faithful to me. And then your faith is activated. You're not like, by faith, it says, by, by faith, all those people in Hebrews, they died. But by faith saw the promise. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. They never actually physically so saw it. Mm -hmm. It was in faith. They believed. And so there's this piece of me that's like, no, I don't want to. I, I mean, I'm like, this house kind of ugly. Like, and I own it now. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, but I don't actually it's know so that it's going to, nothing's going to, the faith of, God provided, this is the Lord. I made yeah. a decision. What happened to I'm living in it? Is yeah. the decision really made to I'm living in the house? Yeah, you know, it's this piece that you're, you're not, you're not activated in your faith until you're a doer. You have to be the doer. You have to do it. And I, I feel like it sounds so simple, but like, 
I told Sam, like, Sam, you're not going to feel like you have any faith until you actually, your stuff is in Dallas in a place in Dallas. You haven't moved. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't moved either. I haven't really done the thing yet. I'm signing some papers, but like, once I'm in it, I'm in it. Like, the faith, is, the act is done. The deed is done. Like, it's, the faith is activated because I was, I followed through with what I believe God asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, as Christians, again, we think faith is doing the quote unquote right thing in what we define as right. Mm-hmm. It's not the yes and what we don't understand. Yeah. They're very, they're, again, they're different. Mm-hmm. And I think as a mature believer, you'll learn that, that your emotions in the Holy Spirit are different. And I think, again, yeah. as someone who went through a scary season of sadness and doubt, I was sad a lot. So then all of a sudden, I think the Holy Spirit is constantly upset because my emotions are the Holy Spirit, right? That's where I was in life. That's where I was in my walk. Um, and for the most part, that was true, right? Because God was doing a bunch of good things. So I felt good all the time. And I actually probably was acting in faith because I was so excited. I was doing things that were crazy because I was always happy. Yeah. And then I'm sad and no longer do I want to obey because now the Holy Spirit is, because my emotion is telling me you're not worth anything. You misheard God. You're not chosen. But that's not the Holy Spirit. That's my emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, the dividing line is the word of God. That's where I, I pull it back yes. to. And yeah, that's the, so good. the obedience to believe who he is when you don't want to yeah. and when it doesn't seem like it, that's the faith. Mm-hmm. that's where you know it's real and that's where just the spiraling stops it's a place of comfort yeah. when you have something to hold on to and pull you back like the word of god like the direction at the beginning of the season like instruction mm-hmm. when you said move to dallas buy the house pursue this friendship start this job quit this job go to this church leave that church give all your money away like anything can be like the obedience that he calls us to is like a straight line, but our emotions are like a wave. Oh yeah. So sometimes the wave hits that straight line and you're like, cool. We're like in, like we're jiving together. And then my emotions dip, but he stays steady. So I'm like, we're not obeying. Yeah. Like I feel really bad. And so I'm not I don't feel like obedient or ah, yes. um, okay, that's so good. or like your word has changed or you're not the same. So like my emotions are like in a valley right now, but then I'm going to come back on a high and like, Oh, everything's happening again. Like I am a bang. I'm, I'm back in line. Like, no, we th- like those two lines are running parallel, but one of them is steady. And one of them is like super wavy. And we have to learn how to not let our emotions dictate how obedient we will be. Mm. This is good stuff, Hannah. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. I love it. And just, I had a handful of people recently who've known me for some time just say, you just seem so much more grounded. Yeah, you were so high energy. And it was good. The Lord used it all. I mean, in his sovereignty, he did. But as you could see, um, Michael Miller, what did he say? He said, oh, I mean, it's very simple, but he was basically saying like, you'll, you'll see the foundation of the house when you get to the highest storm. And it's kind of mm-hmm. what the Bible says, right? About when you build your house in the rock or the sand and the storm came and honestly, it wasn't good for me. And I think a lot of people like, there's like, we hear ministers and people talking about their faith stories. Like, then I found out how much faith I really had. I'm like, okay. I don't know how much faith I didn't have. Like, 
I, that was not good for me. It showed me what really my blind spots, you know, and I think about Peter, right? He says, I will follow you ever God, like Jesus, I will, I will do anything for you. Yet he says, no, actually in this night, you will deny me three times. <laughs> like he knew his yeah. best friend, one of his best friends was going to turn on him. And actually in that same breath is when he says, Satan's come to suffuse wheat, but I'll, I pray that you have faith. He, he knows Peter's about to go through it. He knows it because he knows Peter's going to have guilt and shame for denying him. He knows that. He's like, but I pray that you have faith because I've actually wondered this in the season. What's the difference between Judas and Peter? Do they not both deny Christ? Mm-hmm. They're the same. And it, it, from what we know, right? From what I've seen in scripture, I, and this is my opinion, the difference is Peter repented and he knew Jesus. He knew his grace. Judas didn't. He killed himself. Yeah. And that's that's what I see. I just, I really see it as just this, like, there's a difference between those that are in covenant, you know? You, yeah. you know that the end game is still him. You know that he he is still faithful to you. And for whatever re- reason, we don't know, right? I, I think there's a lot we don't know about Judas, but, like, he didn't have that repentance in him. Mm-hmm. You know, it says he was possessed by Satan at one point, right? It says that Satan entered him, and that's when the decision was made. But, you know, I... I just think about that. Um, man, Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him. He knew the pain that would cost him. Mm-hmm. He'd be hanging in his death and his best friend denied him. Like yeah. the very, one of the last few thoughts you have, right? Is your best friend has said he doesn't know you. Oh, the pain of that. And the crazy thing is he still chose Peter. That's Jesus in all of us. He knows. Oh my gosh. I've been so overwhelmed by that. He knew I was going to be in Midland doubting his existence. Like as someone who just seen miracles. And he said in 2013, I'm still choosing her next, this next year. She will come to know me. Mm-hmm. He still said that knowing that 2019, I would be beside myself about who he was. The hurt of not being known. Oh my gosh. Oh. What we do to Jesus all the time. And he still said yes. I just, I can't, I can't even fathom it logically. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I get really overwhelmed, really in awe. I'm just reminded of like Jesus's humanity, you know, like, oh, yeah. yes, like I love his worship and saviorship and king of kings and holder of everything and person who's like keeping earth on an axle, but like he spent 33 years as a man like feeling human emotions experiencing humanity and like so he had 12 boys like 12 best friends and they just like they didn't get it and he like Judas just sells him sells friendship sells his body for silver and just yeah just the betrayal like I just feel like his ability to connect with the broken heart and his ability to like feel the emotions of not being chosen and not being known because of so many different reasons but in like areas where we like long to be known and we long to be loved I think that we can like look on a savior who feels those same longings like he what you're saying like he knew that in three years time 
you would be in a desert wondering if he's real mm-hmm. and like he still chooses to be with you in 2014 of like hi hannah yeah, yeah. and he's hi, like hannah. he's like we're gonna do this for a couple years but in a couple of years she's gonna go to a desert she's gonna wonder about me and i'm gonna be with her with her but she's not gonna feel connected and just like as a friend like how how longing would you feel you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like but yeah just for the fruit of your life that he would allow you to be sifted like that it's just really amazing just that he knows like he knows it all he knows every detail he knows every reason and why and he just knows so much more than we know you know like i think that's the beauty of being like under a lord under a king like yeah and i something I was actually, you know, I were talking a little bit about, and I think one thing I wrote in my journal, which is like the truth over the last three years, I've been delivered from a me-centered gospel. Mm. I am so small and <laughs> something that is just so, it's beautiful though. It sounds like demeaning, but it's not. It's, wow, I'm so glad. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I'm not the one who has to get all this right. Yes. Because the smaller we are and the more human we recognize ourselves as being, the more we rely on his grace. And again, if we're looking into the law of liberty, we are so empowered. But if you think you already know, so Paul says you're worse. If you, if you think you have knowledge, you're worse off than anybody. You know, he's in the, the knowledge that puffs up. You don't want that. I don't want yeah. that. And I'll tell you one thing, when you don't have emotions or when you're in a place of pain, for me at least, knowledge is all you have. Logic was all I had. I was trying to, I read that scripture so many times trying to figure things out. Why you try to logic your pain. You try to figure out why you hurt to fix it. You want as a human to make it end, you know, you, you want to yeah. make, you want the pain to stop. But man, I felt like once I had this revelation of like, oh my gosh, for two and a half years, I was doubting. I was in the most, the most emotional pain of my life, physical pain as well with some of my chronic illness. And it was all for his glory. All of it, all of it looks back, all of it points back to him. It is for him, his glory. It is not about me. <laughs> there are so many testimonies and, and souls and salvations out of what he did. I didn't, not only did I not want it, I resisted it. And he will still use it for his glory. Yeah. I, I'm, I was created for him. I chose to follow him. My life is for him only. It's not for me and whatever fruit I want. It's not about that. Yeah. And again, you hear it and you're like, well, that seems kind of rude. Like, but it's actually so empowering. Like, yeah, wow, my plate just got a lot more empty. Yeah. There's not a hundred thousand new plates I have to figure out now. Yeah. Because he used me when I was useless. Mm. You know, he used he used a lot of my mistakes. Look at Jesus. If Jesus wasn't handed over, he wasn't using Pilate's uh opinion against no better judgment, right? Pilate is mm-hmm. the one who handed him over. He, I guess it's better judgment he did that, right? That was what was used. Sin of man was used for deliverance of the sin of man, right? Like God used sins, the writing people, people who put Judas, who betrayed Jesus yeah. to deliver the other people. He's using all these so crazy. schemes of Satan mm-hmm. actually to deliver all of us. Yeah. It just reminds me, I'm going to look for it. It's The Magician's Nephew, the first book of Narnia. Have you read it before? I've never read any more books. Would you like to take it? Of course I would. Um, I would love this book. It parallels Narnia. 
Oh, sorry, it parallels um, Genesis. Mm. Okay, I didn't write in this book, but um, in the beginning, a little boy makes a mistake. I'm not gonna tell you the whole story. Okay. A little boy makes a mistake and um, the uncle says, because, um, because the sin was made by man, man has to clean the mistake. The man has to fix the mistake. And it, it's Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. because sin was brought in by a man, a man had to come and heal it. And um, of course, I'm not saying it right. But now I'm like, I need you to read this book. So take that home and read it. But yeah. Yeah, he uses it all. <laughs> and I just, I think it takes pressure off. So what if, so yeah. what if this house is the wrong one? It seems like a 25 year mistake, but I mean, what, what does the Lord do if he used prophetic words from 800 years prior yeah. that were, that are human, right? Like he's, he's using all of these things, mm -hmm. you know? And I just, okay. And if you, if you bought the house with the right heart motive, I just have to think like he'd help you sell it. Yeah. He'd help you because right. he's a good father. Right. I'm over here like, well, if he knows that I have doubts, then am I sinning because I'm continuing in my doubt? Like, no, actually you're using faith to continue your doubt. And, and, and it, so scripture says that what's not done in faith is sin. Anything not done in faith is mm -hmm. sin. It's Romans 14. It talks about, look, if you think it's wrong, you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wonder, oh my gosh. I kind of is this is this wrong? It's not that I know it's wrong and I'm doing it anyway. It's that I'm not sure, and that's very different. And that's another really fuzzy line, right? So it's like kind of like, man, should I drink this one beer at dinner or not? I'm not sure. Is it sin? Is it not? Do you feel like it's sin? No. Okay, then I don't really think you're. I don't think on Judgment Day God can say you didn't know that was sin, but I'm going to punish you for it. <laughs> Yeah. It, I don't think it works like that. Yeah. I really don't. And I think that some people call that like heresy. I, I don't know, but it would, it would seem to me from what I understand in Romans that if, if it's sin to you, you, you shouldn't do it. If you think it's wrong, you do it anyway. You're sinning. You're not, that's not faith in God to do something you think is wrong, you know, but, and that's kind of why I was talking about earlier about you have to stick with what you thought originally you heard the Lord say, because all of a sudden it's kind of like, which one is wrong it felt wrong like buying the house was that wrong or like i'm like okay no i know that i know that was the lord i got that dream mm -hmm. so this feels kind of wrong right now but it, i'm more convicted i'm more convicted by these other things god has said so like i kind of feel like i don't know i'm talking myself in a circle but it's kind of like in light of eternity on judgment day will this decision what will god say to me i'm proud of you you did that in faith. You weren't sure, but you thought it was me. So you walked or you weren't sure. So you shied away in fear. Hmm. Do you know, I, I, I think about judgment day a lot because even as Christians will be judged. And I feel like we don't think about that enough, but yeah. like he actually will give an account and there will be different rewards in heaven for the different things we do as believers. Yeah. And I, I want to please the Lord, you know? And so if I'm ever about to do something and I'm really I'm like, Ooh, is this fear or wisdom? It, it's really tough sometimes. You're not yeah. sure mm -hmm. if you're doing something like, you know how it's kind of like, fool me once, shame on me, but fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, but what about forgiveness? 
you should you can fool me a hundred times and I can forgive you a hundred times, right? <laughs> or is that not wisdom? You know what I'm saying? Like there's times that I have to do that. And so I we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. And sometimes is that an emotion or not? Do you do, I mean do you know what I'm saying? Like do I lean too much? I don't know. We are we just learning not emotion? So I'm like, yeah. well, if I'm happy about it, is it wrong or is it right? Like, is my flesh <laughs> happy or is my spirit happy? Like I go to that and I think, okay, I'm going, I don't know. But because I trust Jesus, because I have grace to empower me, I'm going to step forward. And I believe that God will honor the decision because I think I'm walking in faith. Even if I'm wrong, I think I'm doing it in faith. And I believe the Lord will honor that. And that's kind of the, the way I, I walk out of conviction. If I'm like, you know, I'm getting this guy because he's cute and he's all these great things. Like if I come to the Lord face to face and I'm like, he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm getting a guy because he's cute. You following me? Well, okay, all of a sudden I'm starting to realize on judgment day, this is not going to look so nice. Like, this is not, this is not what he's asking me to do. You know, like, yeah. hey, you know, this guy love me. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure if he's the one. He's like, okay, and? Like, I know, I know which one the answer is, but it's like on judgment day, like, if I can see him before the Lord and say, God, I wasn't sure, but I thought it was you. And that's why I did it. I think he's going to say, okay, good. Well done. I think that's what he's going to say. You thought it was face. He's like, actually, there was like five other better decisions, but you did it in faith. So like I blessed it. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is the way I imagine things going though. Like <laughs> what I a think... day. Judgment day is gonna be good. I hope I'm like in front of you in line or behind you in line. <laughs> I know. And be like, how should they yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like all looking at each other, like, oh my gosh. And then like we see like a movie screen. I'm like, oh, oh, there's that one guy. I can't wait yeah. for that. Oh my gosh, I hope. You know, like Wait, what was your what was your perspective? Oh, that was like a terrible night. Or like like with Abraham in Genesis, like they're a mess. They're oh, sleeping yeah. with their slave and Sarah's laughing. She doesn't believe God. But in Hebrews, God says that I, he, no, I never got that. He was I never got that accounted for righteousness. I'm like, we were watching the same movie. Yeah. Like, so that I'm really excited for the places in me where I'm like. I'm having a Sarah Genesis 13, 14 moment where I'm not believing God. Well, God has a Hebrews 11 story for me written yeah. on his perspective. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. I always think about that, but you know, what's funny. I think the things that you see on your movie screen is going to be like the time, the time you decided to go pick up your brother when he really needed a friend for movies or something. It's not going to be these valiant moments in the pulpit. Yeah. It's going to be, the time that you prayed with a child and were late to church. I kind of think about that time. Like I was, I stopped for that homeless guy and we had communion under the bridge. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be that moment. I don't think it's going to be the moment I shared my testimony in the podcast. You know, like, yeah. I think it's going to be these, these moments when, well, now you know about it, but no one saw that obedience. Like that obedience is quiet obedience and only the Lord saw, you know, yeah. I think those are going to be the moments that show up on our screens. It's going to be those, those moments when you, you could have had the fifth glass of wine, but instead you said, you know what? No, I don't want to do anything that's going to compromise my judgment with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be the minute you said, it's the only family tonight. You can have a night in or you can go with my friends and party it up. Like, I think it's going to be the, those moments when the Lord, the little those obedience. little tiny obedience, because those are ultimately what lead to the platforms and the pulpits and the the success of ministry. I think it's, those are the seeds of, of, of those bigger trees, but sure. I think that those are the moments we're actually, we're going to be shocked. And I think honestly, yeah. many of them are things we don't remember doing, to be yeah. honest with you. I think those are the moments he's going to see in us and be like, 
those are my most proud moments. Mm -hmm. I heard a minister, she was talking one day, she was telling God about all her favorite things that they've done together. And then she said, like, she started having memories of things that she kind of forgotten about. And they were just so random. They were like nice, they were like days when she was just like kneeling by her bed, praying about something like the sky, like, what do you mean for a pretty sky day? And she was like, what was that? It was like, it was like a, a few minutes of just like, almost like a movie reel. But those are my favorite moments. And they were all these super random things she didn't even remember doing. Mm. And I really think that's, so sweet. that's what it's going to be like, you know? Yeah. I think, look, I think it's going to be a lot of driveway car conversations, you know? When, yeah. like, you've had a really good night, even at church, and it's just a great night, and the spirit was there, and you sat with your friend, and you processed it all. Yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of mine. I hope it's going to be mine. Because there's just such these small moments where, God was really doing something in the body of Christ. You know, he was really like sowing two souls together. He was really planting seeds, you know? Yeah. So. It's going to be so good. It's going to be a good day. Mm -hmm. For my friends on the other side who don't know this, Hannah and I are the original PPC. Party planning committee. Yes. Back in your days before the desert, we were planning parties like it was no one's business. Oh, y'all. So much. We could have a whole podcast on that. I think that we should. How to celebrate people and oh how my. to throw a party. Oh, oh my gosh. The all can't see. Wait. She's getting in her like idea mode. She's like changing position. She's like sitting in a different way now. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like how to be a gift giver 101. Oh. How to pull together a party planning team 202. How to throw the best food. With one day's notice. Charcuterie boards from Peter Joe's best ways, like 100%. different ways to toss it up, like. Oh, okay. Top five Trader Joe's items right now. Go. Ah. Oh. Okay. Uh, any season, like pull okay, in all seasons. Okay, okay. Um. Um. Almond crinkle. Almond flavor crinkle. I know you don't like almond. I do. Surprising. But that, is that number one or is that number five? It's just. It's just. Just five. Yeah, like, Okay. Come on, spot. Um. Obviously, crunchy cookie butter is the only thing. Yeah, I mean, you have to. That that might be number one. Crunchy, crunchy peanut butter. Crunchy cookie butter. Oh, okay. I was like crunchy peanut butters. Okay. Okay. Crunchy <laughs> cookie butter. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um. Ooh, mini chicken tacos. Yes, yes. 100%. They have avocado in them. How do they have avocado good? They're a freezer item, but the avocado is still good when you put them in the oven. I don't understand. It seems I strange. Those. Maybe. Oh, so good. Um, I'm thinking of like some, some, some favorites for parties, but I don't know if they are like my, my top five. Oh, um, dark chocolate sea salt covered almonds mm. that would be another and then maybe the the stars the white and pink stars they're cookies they have sprinkles on them Ooh, those are real special yes are they sugar cookies i'll just you know what graham crackers with icing they're like they're like oh. animal they're like the animal cookies yeah yeah okay. back in the day okay mm -hmm. good choices good choices okay well my question that I want to ask is if you could throw any dinner party, what would it be? There's no budget. There's no limits. Like you can do anything. Who's coming and what are you doing? It's because I love hosting and I love the dinner table and I've loved okay. the table and the conversations that come and the games. Like, am I, so are you wanting like agenda? Are you wanting people? Like, what am I, what am I doing here? I want you to tell me all about the night. Oh, okay. Um, like who, what, when, okay. where? So it's in, it's in a house. I I think I'd like my house. I think I'd like to be in whatever house I'm in. I don't I don't care big or small. It could be whatever. Um, big, probably more people. I'm extroverted. I want all the people. I actually want 
than most people. So, <laughs> like, I want everyone to bring ooh, three friends. Ooh, like all your non-believer friends. I want all my believers to bring their non-believer friends cool. because evangelism has to be. I am like big on, as you know, bringing people in, seeing the having them see the way we love each other. To me, mm-hmm. that's the biggest witness because that's the way I came to the Lord. Like when I saw those people testifying and testimony and the way that that, that ministry was run, it just solidified what I believe about God. I thought mm-hmm. he was like that, but then I knew by watching how people loved each other. So good. And so I want, pe- I always want non-believers to see. I even like want my believers from like Illinois to come to Texas and see how I am with my friends in Texas. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. we're amazing. I mean, my friends are just amazing. I, I think I have the cream of the crop friends. Like they're the best in so many ways. And um, anyway, so I want all my believer friends, bring your non-believer friends. This is a, this is a big, big dinner party. We're all cooking together. Mm-hmm. We're all, ma- I, I don't want it to be set. I want it to be like, I want you to help me make it. Yeah. And I just remember this one time, this was this girl's first Bible study experience and she came really early and it was a little oh. awkward, but I was making PB&Js like and cutting them up, making them for her. And she like helped me. And like that became such a special thing. Like I felt like she was like part of us then. And I didn't know it was her first Bible study. I didn't know how nervous she was, but like, she felt really great that I helped her. Like she helped me make the PB and J's and she like felt like a part of it. That's awesome. And so I just feel like, yeah, let's make it together. Like let's mm-hmm. make the food and we can all laugh about how awful we are as cooks. And when we burn some of it, it's cool. Like we're all friends and that's part of the bonding experience. So we're cooking together. Someone is a fantastic baker and we are, we are raving about their cookies or their cake or the dessert. Mm-hmm. Like we just all can't wait to have it at the end because it just is like, it's so great. So we're all like full to the brim. And so it's game time. We get out the Tom, we get out code names. We save spades at the end of the night, from the end of the night game. But like <laughs> okay. we have like games going on. People are chatting, some people are playing. And then in the corner, people are screaming because someone made some crazy move and code names. And we can't believe they actually got that word. Like, but like there's side conversations going on that you want to be a part of all of them. Yeah. This is a, this such is, a good night. Yes. And we've had a handful of these. Like, these yeah, this it. feels like are normal yes but i love oh it. like these are once in a lifetime for some people you know like this yeah. type of thing and so i want non-believers to see like again the way we know the way we love the way we care for the way we... oh and then what happens is generally people there are just certain people who feel called to do this i'm one of them i help with dishes it doesn't matter whose house it is i want to help i don't want you to have to clean up by yourself like so people just kind of gravitate they're kind of helping clean like mm-hmm. so it's not all one person like we just all clean together and yeah. again look matt and sam my best friend dating her boyfriend they wash a lot of dishes together okay when they were friends and hey that is hey hey that you is how you, hey, that's you, how you, foundation. you serve together but hey my son becca is married to someone she served at her church with they met serving like y'all you see the art of jesus and someone real quick <laughs> watching wash a dish i'm just saying like yeah. you want to get hooked up wash a dish with somebody so <laughs> I'm, I'm about it i'm for that happening and ooh, ooh, ooh. It's like, um, it's like October. And oh. so there's a fire pit. It's like just cool enough for the fire to be like a little cold outside. So you have yeah. to sit close to it. Ooh. So there's people inside. There's people in the fire pit. Yes. Yes. And we're making s'mores. Oh my gosh. And then there's like a few cookies on door. People are getting coffee. Some people have wine. We're just chilling. And the conversations are so good. People won't leave till three in the morning. I love it. And then some people just crash. They just so- crash at the house because they're too tired to drive home. They live far away. They've had two glasses of wine. They don't feel safe driving. Cool. I have a bajillion blankets and we all wake up and just chat about how great the night was. So that's my, <laughs> that's my dinner party. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I want everybody and nobody there. Like I want like the people who don't know anybody to come, but I want like everybody I know to come as well. Yeah. So. 
that's a dream. Yeah. 